Yeah, it's weird that they're called peanuts, even though they're not nuts. That's nuts, man. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest super entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this is a Superhero Slate review for Marvel's Inhumans. Marvel's Inhumans IMAX, it's finally out, and if you got to go check, mm-hmm. it, in, check it out in theaters... This is basically like a, a month ahead of time before it hits TV, right? Yep, a good. I think it's a four weeks um, because it's going to debut Fridays on ABC. Um, mm-hmm. So on the I think the 29th. So at the end of the month, if you don't catch it in theaters this week or next week, you can catch the first two episodes when they premiere at the end of the month. On, yes, on ABC. And don't worry because the first couple minutes of this uh, podcast is going to be spoiler-free, so we'll mm-hmm. give you our thoughts without any spoilers, and then we'll clearly let everybody know once we launch in the spoilers, which will be the majority of this podcast. So uh, just uh, keep your ears open and ready. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, I just we have to talk about the theater-going experience because yes. this is this is something this is very unique. This is a TV show debuting in movie theaters, but only at IMAX movie theaters. Yes, and uh, usually we talk about our theater-going experiences when we talk about movies, but since this is such a unique situation, I feel like we might have slightly different uh, stories this time around. Yeah, um, I, I've got to say, I, I've got to know, Mike, how many people were in the theater when we got there? <laughs> Well, so to go back to last week, um, when you asked me very pretty please if I would go see this so we could go talk about it, I was like, okay, I'm going to go online right now after we recorded last week, and I'm going to go look and see what the the seats look like, you know, because pretty much all the theaters I go to, you get to reserve your seat ahead of time. So I looked at, like, theoretically probably the peak hours that would have been for this movie, you know, Friday night and Saturday nights, and there was, like maybe one to two seats sold so when i actually it was funny because when you were looking at them and talking with me the more expensive the seats got the more they were sold (laughs) at like the more they had sold i'm like this is these people are not looking at what they're buying (laughs) yeah and and just to hedge my bets just because i wasn't sure how well this screening was going to turn out we went with the cheapest imax tickets we could get which was um sunday morning i think at 11 45 so I was the first person to buy seats for that showing ahead of time. Uh, but we ended up maybe having, I want to say, at most 10. I don't think there was more than 10 people including us in the in the just giant IMAX theater. And, and that's like a very early Sunday morning in, in L.A., right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, well, 11.45, it was so. Yeah, well, most uh, people probably it was the, over. It was the first showing. <laughs> okay. Well, I had uh, quite the opposite. I went at a late Saturday night showing, mm-hmm. um, 9.45 p.m., but I, I said, that, like, the parking lot was almost empty when, when we pulled in. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I was able to go with my friend John Myers, uh, who was in the area, and we both went. In total, there were four people in my theater, so <laughs> we had the other end of the, of the spectrum. Well, also, I don't know. I don't know if this was a good thing or bad things for the Inhumans because I don't really know if they're necessarily worried about box office. I think they're just mainly doing this for buzz. 
Uh, but I think this weekend was a pretty abandoned open <laughs> yeah. weekend. If anything, open this weekend, I don't think it was very big. I heard of mo- smaller movies like The Big Sick that have been getting very good reviews, which I really loved when I saw it. I heard that's opening wider in theaters just because it has nothing to compete against. So I think just if anybody went to the theater in general this weekend, no matter what you were saying, you probably had a little bit more elbow room. Yeah, it, I think, I mean, it was it was close to top 10 uh, this weekend in Humans was compared to the regular movie box. So, um, but yeah, so I was good. I um I I, I don't recommend the pretzel bites at AMC theaters. They, they were awful and the truth. Okay, good to know. Um, but uh, other than that, um, it was pretty. I I this is not related to the movie, but all the tr- the previews before the movie were TV commercials, and then that's when it clicked. We're watching a TV show. Oh, so, that's uh, different than what I had because I got to see I got to see the Thor trailer in 2D well, IMAX. I got not, to see Black Panther in 2D IMAX. Well, it wasn't movie trailers before the trailers. Um, they usually do like the pre-movie countdown or whatever where they show you different things. Mm-hmm. Ours was just complete TV commercials. Like All right, the well, same they four know. on repeat, and <laughs> that gets annoying. So, but it, it, they definitely played up the we're selling commercial aspect of the show. Hmm. So um, there's that. Um, I guess I, to, just to beat around, not to beat around the bush, Mike. What what do you think of it? <laughs> well, I think the the best way I can state it is it's better than I thought it was going to be. So I don't think that's necessarily a, a raving review, but I went in with very low expectations. I didn't want to spend money to go see this in theaters. I thought I would have just the the same experience as if I saw it uh, in my home. Uh, so I was already just ready to be let down. Um, you know, it, it starts off pretty strong, uh, with some really cool visuals, you know, having that IMAX screen is kind of like this weird experience on a TV show budget because it's like, Oh, I'm getting these big IMAX cameras showing me this in very high quality. But then there's some scenes in the, in the, um, in the in the show i want to call it a movie but I, there's some scenes in the first two episodes where you can almost kind of see the production design lacking a little bit mm-hmm. um because i'm seeing it in giant imax so some of the details aren't being hidden as well so you know that's kind of a something that's kind of hard to avoid on a tv budget but o- overall i thought the the viewing experience was cool it's always nice seeing anything in imax 2d where i don't have to put on glasses and worry about if the projectionist has it bright enough and getting just like tired of the 3d visuals after you know like 40 minutes or something like that and not noticing them anymore so what's the point so i enjoyed the 2d imax aspect of it um uh i would say maybe towards the second half part two things start to get going a little bit for me i get to see kind of more different shades of the characters Mm -hmm. uh but but overall at the end of the day you're still watching basically a tv pilot you know you're watching the first episode no matter how much money is getting poured into it you're still at the very very beginning of you know a somewhat long story you know this isn't supposed to be 23 episodes you know uh, what is it 10 or 13 somewhere in that range uh, i think eight, it was just, just eight just eight so they're telling you know a very condensed story so uh, even if it is you know eight episodes we only saw the first two so uh i don't think it ended on like the the craziest cliffhanger you know for a, a movie but you know it's a tv show so it's just really weird i was expecting to to really hate this and just really dig into it and just you know scott buck ruined iron fist he's going to ruin the inhumans but he did a better job with the Inhumans, so I don't know where the the blame or the uh, praise gets placed, but I had a better time. 
Now I'm going to stick with it. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to be easy to stick with it and watch the eight episodes. You know, I don't think this is the series is going to end up blowing me out of the water, you know, like maybe daredevil season one or Jessica Jones season one. I don't think it's going to come close to that, but I think it's already on better footing than shield season mm-hmm. one. So I think that's good to start with, but honestly, I'm surprised. I wasn't expecting to, the, to come on the podcast this week and say there's actually some things I liked about it. There's, okay. you know, there's some weird script things that I was kind of, uh, um, kind of confused over there was a lot of saying not showing in this show so I don't know if they were just trying to cram a lot of explanation into these first two episodes but uh, I'm pleasant, pleasantly surprised I think they got a lot no. of work ahead of them I think it could still fall off a steep cliff and just become horrible or I think it could mainly gradually go up a, a little bit but you know, after all of these kind of rumors swirling around the last, you know, a couple of weeks, months, you know, I was expecting something really bad, and I don't know what what do you what do you have to say, Chris? I'm really curious. So, you know, I'm a big Inhumans fan, huge Inhumans fan. Mm-hmm. I, I wore a Black Bolt shirt and a Black Bolt jacket to <laughs> the showing, right? So, I mean, uh-huh. I'm obviously not an Inhumans newbie, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I kind of went I went in with a heavy heart, knowing uh-huh. the. The hearing at least whispers of the first reviews uh, for mm-hmm. this, and um, I came out very, very like I had a much better time than I thought I would. Oh, okay. But I do have to say that if you are familiar with the comic book characters, these are not your characters. <laughs> these are okay. nothing like the comic book characters. There are shades of them, mm-hmm. and there are shades of famous storylines, much like the like I kept talking about the '97 Inhumans run. Uh, uh-huh. There are shades of that one, but there. This is. It's a translated version for the MCU, but I definitely I, there are moments in this, and we'll talk about it here in spoilers. That I had a great time watching it, but there are times where I was just like, "Who the fuck is directing <laughs> this?" Uh, so I, I had more ups than downs, uh-huh. but so but there are definitely things that you can pick apart on this, and I'm like, okay. I have to get in that mentality. This is not a movie I'm watching. Yeah. This is a TV show, and um, I just, I just think I, even though you know I am a fanboy, I, I can say that yes, there are bad things in here, but the reviews are being unnecessarily harsh. Oh really? On the, well, I think so. I mean, like some people, are like yeah, you shouldn't watch this now, and you shouldn't watch this when it hits TV. Okay. Well, to me, I agree with you. Is on better footing than Shield season one got off because that was mm-hmm. that was a drag over hot coals to get through, uh, much like Iron Fist was. But I definitely think that this is better than you know Legends of Tomorrow, which is on TV right now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, in, in terms of engagement and the characters and everything going on, so while it may not be you know the Inhumans movie that we were all promised years ago, um, it's at least something, and you know it's not. I'm not offended at the end of the day if I had to, to <laughs> All right, use wow. my, my thing. So, well, coming from a, a big, you know, super fan of Black Bolt, basically being one of your, what he's like your number two favorite hero of all time, like below the century, right? Yeah, that is correct. You you know yeah. my you know my favorite characters. Here. Yeah. So I think if if someone like you can come out of the theater, and someone like me coming out of the theater, he's a huge pessimist that can kind of say. You know, it's better than we thought. You know, surprising. Yeah. I'm surprised to say, but uh, don't. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I guess are my recommendations. If you miss this in IMAX over the the first two weeks, don't beat yourself up. Yeah, yeah. You, don't you can catch that. it on TV and probably have just the same experience we did. It's probably <laughs> not better. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so save save your money depending on where you are. IMAX tickets are really expensive. Mine mm-hmm. mine for a Sunday morning, which is probably the cheapest you get these IMAX tickets, were like twelve dollars a piece. If I would have gone on like a prime time at a at an expensive theater, it would have been like twenty dollars a ticket. So mm-hmm. that's that's too much for this. <laughs> yeah, definitely, especially when it's gonna be on TV for free over the air later. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can get bunny ears and watch this thing for free. That's right. So there's our initial thoughts. Um, better than we thought so that's good so now let's talk about spoilers let's dig yes. into the meat of this show mike and yes. if you've not seen it yet and you want to wait till the end of of the the first two episodes bookmark this right here come back to it later if not we're gonna we're about to break it down so first and foremost mike i felt every tv commercial cut in this <laughs> fucking thing straight like i was like it, at the beginning it's hard like okay so adelan is much more detailed than they gave us they, they, they showed us in the trailer because, uh-huh. as you see, it starts off on the flat gray concrete then builds back to the full city, uh-huh. which I thought – I was like, oh, I hope Mike enjoys this more than he thought he would. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, they kept doing this the same camera movements where they pan from right or left to right and uh-huh. swished around like the, the city and then it would do it again a minute later. I'm like, okay, that must have been a commercial cut because – we already knew where we were. We don't need to come back to it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not a really big fan of this uh, this so-called city on the moon. Uh, it's uh, I don't know. It just looks very like I feel like I'm in an IKEA or something, and they just don't have any of the cool furniture. They just have all the like the concrete like settling well, around them. This and, is, I, and I it's and a- I get it. They're building it out of moon material, so it needs to look like concrete. But when they go like inside, it just looks like I'm in some sort of like modern someone's like modern house over it, here, like on the west side of Los Angeles. You it, know? It's a fancy prison, is what it looks like. <laughs> like the people look like they're like he's up there on a wall in a jail talking down to the inmates uh-huh. and some of this. And inside, it's like, well, this is where the warden lives, and notice the concrete walls, so the prisoners can't break it down, and kind of thing. So. Yeah, it was. It's very weird on the inside, and um, the black bolt chamber. I was trying to figure out what it did. Um, I don't know if he can talk in there, or if it like yeah. channels his voice upwards so it doesn't blow anybody up. Yeah, I remember when we were talking about the the trailer uh, in our normal news episodes a few weeks ago. You had the idea of like, oh, maybe it's like a satellite dish that channels his you know, his powers, Black Bolt's powers, and, like, maybe he it points at Earth or something, so it's, like, a big mega weapon. So I kept waiting for them to reveal, like, the top of this room, and it, lo and behold, it doesn't have a top. So I get that guess that could still be a Death possibility, Star. but it's just kind of just, like, what Black Bolt's character, he, he doesn't seem like anybody that would build any sort of mega weapon to destroy the Earth. He seems to be very pacifistic in this in this show so it makes me think yeah what does this do can so, he talk in it is I it just for forced flashbacks so medusa <laughs> can say i i'm not afraid of you <laughs> yeah. yeah well i think i mean i don't think it's a weapon i think it maybe like if he does utter a word accidentally it would channel his voice upwards and away from the, the city rather than crushing the city down oh uh, maybe kind of like a like a parabola disc like we you know that you Aim the beam back at people, kind of thing. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but who knows? We we it may we may discover this later. Um, but it's definitely there. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of the characters, you know, let's get into the characters a little bit, Mike. Um, Black Bolt. 
I, I kind of liked him a little more than I thought I would. <laughs> so Black Bolt is basically a vanilla nothing in part one. He doesn't get interesting until he gets down to uh, Honolulu, where he actually yeah. starts expressing with his face. He has like these kind of like confused looks like, why are you people looking at me? What's yeah. going on? Like So when he actually has something to react to, it's a little bit more exciting and it's kind of funny to see him like interacting with humans. But when he's just like in the kingdom, he's just like all like just like silent and like not moving. And it's just like, he, he's basically, he could just be nothing. He could just mm. be a slab of granite. You know, it didn't even really matter. So I liked him better once we got to, to yeah, the earth. They, and see, that's one of the things where it breaks a little bit from the comic books in, in the books. He's not as playful as he, he uh-huh. seemed to be. Like even when he's down in the police precinct and he pulls the handcuffs off and they're like, Everyone freaked out and pointed guns at him. I'm like, okay, little little overkill here, but he he, he seemed to be a little more fun and loose in the, in those scenarios, like you said, on Earth uh-huh. over that. Um, and you know, I, I I think he fits the part. He looks the role. He he emoted with his face. I, I the the sign language uh, was new. Um, they don't do that in the comics at all. So. Yeah, my my wife my wife made sure to let me know that that's not any sort of sign language she recognized. It, it is not. It is specifically created to be a sign language that they did on the on on this Adelan. That's not yeah. based on anything, which does make kind of sense because be kind of weird. Like, well, where did he pick up American sign language from? You know, you can kind of usually give people passes on speaking English. <laughs> just because, you know, we were watching a TV show. But, yeah, with the sign language, it's like, well, where do you get that from? So that is kind of interesting because it's like, oh, how does Black Bolt communicate? But then it was kind of weird. Like, when they got separated and uh, Medusa, you know, basically called Black Bolt on their weird, like, wrist iPhones or whatever those TV things budget. Are, <laughs> um, she was just like, you know, let me know you're still alive. And, like, they didn't know what to do. I was like, has this really never come up before? Have you never had to, like, call Black Bolt and get a hold of them? Like, are the, do those things, like, not do, like, text messages or something like that? Or do they not have, like, a video chat on them? I was just like, I was like, oh, I get it. It's kind of sweet and cute that, like, he's putting it up to his heart and beating so his lover can hear his heart. But I was just kind of like, I feel like a royal family kingdom had would have solved that problem a while ago you know of having someone that doesn't know how to speak but i was like oh, okay whatever well yeah they gotta build their own situation they gotta build their their situations mike here they gotta dig out of their own holes <laughs> um but speaking of medusa um they cut her hair off quick <laughs> yes question one thing i wanted to ask you do you think they really cut her hair off because they thought it was the best arc for her character or did they cut her hair off because there's no way they could afford to animate it for eight, eight episodes much like there's a lot of scenes <laughs> of people just talking to the air because they're on communicators it's budgetary for sure. <laughs> um but i i i want to see what what's gonna happen because i mean i think it'll come back or she she has the ability to like remotely control her cut hair uh in the comics like because that was a big point of one of the series okay so um i don't know uh she's very very uh she's not moody but she's a interesting actress Um, it was a very weird scene to watch her hair get cut off because obviously if you're very familiar with the medusa character and you've you've kind of caught me up on what she's all about when it comes to her powers you know i i kind of sympathize with her a little bit watching her get her head shaved but like 
fresh viewers that are just onto the show in the very first episode just seems very weird to militantly like forcefully shave someone's head i was like this scene is just very awkward i don't really understand what's going on right now and i I almost thought her hair might be kind of like super powered like maybe you couldn't just buzz it off or something but i don't know uh i I couldn't tell but um i think she actually looks a lot better with her head shaved i don't know if she's just got a good shape cranium or what's going on there but she looks more badass to me without the hair mm-hmm. so i'm not really i'm not really missing out on the hair I, I guess she's still a good uh hand-to-hand combat fighter but i told my wife when we were driving back from the theater i was just like this would have been totally out of character it would never make it on abc at all but the the best thing that they could have done in this show is when she was fighting uh that that one chick uh or on or on on the planet i was just like oh my gosh when she said, you're not so tough without your hair, if she just would have, like, unzipped her pants and, like, her pubes, <laughs> like, attacked her, I would have lost it. I would have been like, this would have been the best show on TV, no matter what they would have done. They would have had that line in there, but I was like, I mean, you think she's got to have control over her pubes. I would imagine this is, you know, the types of conversations that go on in comic book stores, similar to, like, how big is the Hulk's wiener. So. No, no, I, you know, working <laughs> in the comic book store, I've never come across any of these conversations. I need you to bring it up the next time. Yeah, you, you, you've got some questions store. going for me. <laughs> I'm going to go figure it out. So mostly armpit hair, really. That's probably quicker to grow back. Yeah. You, you know, that, that could be too. You know. Yeah. So, well, there was her, I, you know, and, and speaking of getting her head buzzed, we have essentially Ramsey Bolton playing Maximus. <laughs> like kind of yeah. carries over. They left a lot of his, I guess, wheeling and dealings out of the first episode. Like he, he is causing, he's doing a hostile takeover of, you know, this, this kingdom very quickly behind the scenes. Yeah, I okay, so this is a point I wanted to bring up, and I think it would be a great segue uh, off of his character of Maximus seems to make it a point to tell these people of the moon that um, they're, they're in more danger than ever, and your royal family has left you in your greatest time of need, in your greatest hour of, you know, sorrow. I don't remember exactly what he said, but... What, they never did a very good job telling the audience what the danger was. I mean, they briefly mentioned that, like, we don't have the resources to sustain our population, but I never really saw people dying in the street or famine anywhere. Actually, when that line was brought up, they were eating at the royal table, like, stuffing their face full of, like, all of these different types of food. So I was just like, it, well, it obviously can't be that bad because at least our inhuman heroes here, they at least seem to be good people. Like, they're supposed to be the good guys the protagonist so i don't think they would just be eating this royal food if all of their subjects out there were just starving so i was like well that doesn't seem to be enough motivation for this coup exactly so i was like what exactly is going on bad here you know i guess the moon rovers i don't know if they're just coming at more of a pace you know i guess they kind of like chastise gorgon a little bit for his hoof showing up and that camera angle for a second, but I was just like, they seem to be taking care of these things all the time, like they're no big deal. So obviously that hasn't changed. So I just didn't really see the smoking gun or the spark that really set Maximus off. You know, obviously he was like upset and you know, but usually something kind of just needs to tip the scales. And I guess it was that green guy possibly dying at the beginning. But yeah. that didn't really seem to, like, make anybody super sad. No one really cried when he died. Well, so, you know. you don't If you don't see a body, he's not dead. That, that's yeah, number exactly. one. But number two, they changed Maximus. So in the comic books, Maximus has the ability to, like, mind control and, like, convince people to kind of do stuff for him. Uh-huh. And, like, that persuasion is usually what he uses to th- overthrow Max or Black Bolt and become, you know, uh-huh. temporary king for that issue or two. 
Uh, in this one, they they made him essentially a human. When he went yeah. through Terragenesis, he didn't get any powers, and he's using this uh, little kid who has like foresight ability to to yeah. predict what's going on. Well, I would I would just assume and guess since they made it a point to remind us many times that he was human and had no powers, you know, and they beat kind of powers over the head in this in this kind of first two parts that eventually he's going to get some sort of power, yeah, he, I would think. He he ironically I think said, you know, some powers take a while to manifest and Yeah. And so yeah, so I definitely think he might maybe that might be at the end um you know something happens to him and his power manifest cut mm-hmm. hopefully season two kind of thing um but yeah he he definitely um kind of a dick uh, all around <laughs> um definitely. yeah he uh, yeah he was a he was good i thought he was a good villain you know there was times where i was just like "Ooh, you are kind of annoying so this isn't kind of working so yeah kind of those, those things are kind of what bring you back you know it's it's the characters and mm-hmm. i think one of my favorite characters in the show which i was surprised that would even come out with a favorite character was karnak oh my gosh yes i i, <laughs> I was with you to talk about this because Karnak has been one of my favorite characters in the comic books for a long time, uh-huh. and I think what they did with him in the show kind of transcends a little bit of the of the books, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind I kind of like how basically he has like no filter, super analytic. He's kind of just kind of like more of a he's kind of like has that Spock personality, but just more of like a jackass about it. <laughs> um, it seems like, and he's got. I guess I guess from his power, I guess you could let me know because I'm sure you know uh, in great deal what his real power in the comic book is. But it looks like he kind of can. Does he have foresight, or does he have the power to like reverse time, or can he just no. see what the outcome is going to be? Kind of like Sherlock yeah. Holmes in those movies. So he's very Sherlock Holmesy in this, and I thought that was cool. But his power is to see the flaw in all things. So, oh, okay. so that's kind of where like his philosophy comes from. Like everything's gonna die. That's like the flaw of it. Or, you know, you're too easy on Maximus, Black Bolt. That's your flaw. And, uh-huh. you know, here's the flaw in, like, and his brain's moving so fast that he's able to figure out the flaw in his attack pattern before mm-hmm. he does it. So Yeah, and, and I guess at some point... When but he, he doesn't lands, use it when he's climbing down the fucking cliff. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what was up with that, but yes. Yeah, but I guess he kind of said something along the lines of, I don't know what's happening to me or I don't know what's going on. So maybe when he fell and hit his head yeah. and his powers got broke but then if his powers are kind of foresight and not reversing time you know he should have seen that coming so i'm not really sure what's going on with him but one thing that i thought was kind of humorous because you were you were talking about in the past uh you could see um you know all of the commercial breaks the biggest place you could see them is when part one transitioned to part two in my opinion because they were all flashing back to like two minutes ago so like you saw all these flashbacks from episode one at the very beginning of episode two but we all saw them <laughs> seamless so it was just like why are they all having flashbacks of something we saw 60 seconds ago yeah. and then every single one of them when they're like kind of like standing up and like the camera's doing the sweeping motion around them on earth they're just like I have to find my king and they all said it out loud to literally nobody. And I was like, why are they all talking to themselves in, out loud to literally no one that's listening? I was like, that's kind of where some of the writing got kind of sloppy. Like I said, there was a lot of yeah. a lot so, of saying, so, not showing. <laughs> so episode two, I think, is where I saw the acting flaws really come out. Um, the character Gorgon, um, who is, uh, I can't say the actor's name. Um, yeah, it's like M.A. 
Iquacor? Iqu- Iqu- yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing his damnedest Ildris Elba impression, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> That's a good way to put um, it, yeah. But he's got, you know, hooves on, and he can stomp, and, and you know, cat, like, do, like, size. He's really, he's, like, very military guy. Like, yeah, we got to attack kind of thing. Um, but he was doing this thing where he was just yelling the words Triton at the water, <laughs> and I'm like, did anyone give you any direction, or did they just say, yell Triton real quick, we need to get the shot? Uh, yeah, because it was just so awfully delivered, and those 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 hooves are about a fifty fifty experience for me. Um, it was really really cool when the those um, bad guys were sneaking up on him, and then he was just like, "Don't approach me downwind, you jack, you dumbasses," or yeah. something like that. And then he like smacked his hoof on the ground. I was like, "Oh, you know that was uh, kind of cool." But then there were some shots where when he was walking into the water and the waves were crashing him, I was like, "You can clearly see he's wearing like these boots." That have hooves on the end of them. Like I can see where his heel and his like actual feet well, are. You know. Yeah, he's got. I think they. I think when he came back later, met those like hippie surfer dudes. He was putting on boots over his hooves. I'm like, well, <laughs> budget right there again, buddy. So. Oh my gosh, those surfer dudes. So um, I was telling my wife. I said, you know, I, it's really, it's really nice that I'm sure that they're hiring, hiring like local Hawaiians to do these parts and stuff. But I was like. Didn't they? Did they double check to make sure that they were actors first before they hired them? Because all of those surfer dudes just are just like basically just like almost like they're reading off cue cards or something like that. So I mean, yeah, I guess it's cool they're giving the locals jobs. But I was just like, I'm sure they got local theater groups there. <laughs> Maybe go find those people. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also came out later with the character who played Aaron, um, the the assassin guard. Um, mm-hmm. She was doing. She was walking through the bus or something later in the episode right before. Uh, Medusa stabbed her and like she couldn't every time she delivered her lines I just was like oh my god I'm so glad she's dead not coming back and then she revived herself or something at the end and I'm like god damn it yeah I think that's kind of where the Scott Buckness really starts to kind of show through because it's just like we had a lot of those very similar problems with Iron Fist where it's just like you people are saying the dumbest shit (laughs) yeah it, it was definitely very very Sometimes it was not very good. Uh, sometimes it was great. Uh, sometimes it was not. And and that, yeah. she was a character I was like, oh, you're, you're yeah. nothing like your comic book person and you can't act. So Yeah, and talk about her amazing plan of telling Maximus, don't worry, I can handle this on my own. It's like we clearly just saw in the very first part one that it takes way more than just one person to like nail down the royal family and keep them from like fucking things up. So what makes them think one person, whether they have powers or not, can like take them down? I was just like, why does she think that she can just do this all? And um, she can uh, barely keep the little princess who has (laughs) elemental powers at bay. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, why couldn't like, why would she readily get on her microphone after she came back from the dead and say that she needs backup. Like, wouldn't she be trying maybe to hide that and try to redeem herself? You know, I feel like Maximus would be pissed that, like, well, you said you could do it and you didn't, you know? So I guess, you know, in the future episodes, it's going to be like her and her crew trying mm-hmm. to hunt them down in Hawaii. But it was just like, I wasn't really. I mean, how many times have we seen healing powers on TV and movies before? Like, the gratuitous, like, uh, pull up the shirt and watch the wound heal. Like I've seen that like a thousand times. I felt like if you're going to show it, you know, at least like do it in a more creative way. Cause I've seen that healing effect a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. So she wasn't even created in the comics until 24 late, like December, 2014 issue or so. Mm-hmm. And she's only been in a few and her ability is to hear anyone by choosing a word and knowing where that person was when they said it. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't even know what they're doing with the character now. I'm like, okay, they're just kind of winging it here at this, <laughs> this point. This is a this character has a name and is very conveniently uh, what what's going on here. So, <laughs> winging so, it like uh like those butterfly wings. I love flyers. Yeah, oh, such, that was the weirdest line ever. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's from the '97 issue because the flyers are more military based. Uh, uh, it was it very like you had it down. <laughs> it last, just a. I was just going to say one thing on that on that bit real quick when they were going through that Terrigen ritual, which I didn't think was like a bad idea. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool when, when it's time for somebody to transform. Mm-hmm. You know, they get to go through a whole ritual and everything, and it's a very special thing because, you know, that's what it is for these Inhumans. And it's kind of the luck of the draw. Who knows how it's going to turn out? All of those kind of story beats I think are very interesting. But like I said uh, at the very beginning – when you can kind of see some of the the some of the gaps in the seams when you're watching on an IMAX, they open up these little drawers on the side of those like cabinets to drop the Terrigen crystal in. And there's one shot where it's just close enough where you can kind of see the 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 hinge on them that they bought from the hardware store <laughs> to put those little flaps on there. I was just like, okay, that's one of the seams that you're gonna see on a TV budget shot on an IMAX camera. So mm-hmm. I guess that's one thing to look out for <laughs> that did, didn't really help them out there. Yeah, def- definitely did not. But I guess you know we're, we're talking about TV budgets here. I w- I want to get your opinion on the the, yeah. the dog Lockjaw because okay. Lockjaw is a TV first. Uh, it's the first fully CGI character on a TV series. So mm-hmm. um, I I think uh, I enjoyed him a lot more than I thought I would. But I don't like that he only listens to Crystal. So yeah, what do you think? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, it just – I we're, we think about, I guess, this TV budget more than most people will, and I guess it's more detrimental to us because I'm just thinking there's no way that they're going to have this fully CG character that actually looks pretty good. Like, he looks like he is modeled very, very well, rendered excellently on the screen. I never once thought it was weird for him to be there. Uh, but when he basically kind of gets quote unquote like neutered uh, in that part two, I was just like, oh, we're probably not going to see him in again for like four more episodes. He's just going to be like snoozing and they're going to need to like bust him out. Like, you know, Crystal or whatever her name is, is going to escape from her apartment and go get him or something. Um, but uh, yeah, I do kind of wonder how long they're going to be able to keep up with Lockjaw. Uh, his teleportation effect, I guess that's just preference of the that crew over there. I thought it was kind of weird, that kind of particle effect. Uh, mm-hmm. But at least they're trying something different. I had never seen it before. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a big fan of it, but at least they tried something different. That, that was kind of their, their explanation. Like, like, everyone just kind of poofs away, right? And I feel yeah. that would make it feel a little cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. If they just poofed and were automatically in the next scene. I'm like, oh, that's TV budget there. Like, yeah. even though we've we've been beating that with a stick, but I mean, it's hard to like a lot of people are like, oh, Inhumans this sucks. Well, I'm like, it's not a movie that you go mm-hmm. watch in the. This is not a movie you're watching. The, this is a TV show that just happened to get a theatrical release. So yeah, and uh, there's just there's cool there's cool things in it every once in a while. There's cool ideas like when uh, Oron needs to be teleported to earth yeah she goes through that that kind of like concrete walk rock wall thing which you probably know more about than i do but i was like that's actually kind of cool i like that this and i'm assuming he's an inhuman is basically a a freaking he's a wall so i was like that is kind of cool they picked a really good voice actor to do that voice and i'm i'm assuming they also also captured his face for the role but i was like that's actually really cool i like this kind of mysterious thing that you know kind of it made me feel a little bit like i was um I was on Asgard, you know, there's kind of magic going on there, so mm-hmm. that was kind of that was kind of cool. Yeah, in, in the comics, Eldrak is actually, he's just like a big face, and he opens his mouth, and you walk through it, but this was much oh. cooler 
than the comic book version. <laughs> so, because he sends you like where you need to be, kind of thing. So, yeah, it's it's definitely cool. So, um, I mean, I, I don't have much else to touch on here other than the fact you know everyone was like I was I went in with a heavy heart. I'm like, look, even if this is not good, I have to be true to myself. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it's I think even Karnak scenes where it was essentially the Sherlock Holmes stuff. Um, was really cool to me to see him like have his like special kind of power. Like I feel like he got a little special treatment in there because no one else had something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think I give it a seven out of ten in my book simply because they didn't it it's, it didn't feel like a drag to get through it and like the characters and the story they're setting up feels like this is going to be a great eight issue comic book that we're going to yeah. watch on screen over I over feel, two months. I feel like the one thing that I really. There's t- uh, No, there's two things I really want to see out of these series. I think one will happen and one probably won't. One thing is I'd like to get a little fan service and maybe somehow draw Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into this show somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to be like a huge plot point or storyline, but it would be kind of interesting maybe to see like a helicarrier or or maybe some sort of S.H.I.E.L.D. jet or maybe a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent gets turned up into something. You know, a little bit of crossover there would be kind of interesting. They, they, mean, did, at, as, they did at least mention it, so that, that's a plus. Yeah, so I want to see it a little bit there. I thought it would have been better if that moon rover at the very beginning was maybe a S.H.I.E.L.D. moon rover. Maybe it wasn't. I didn't catch an insignia, but they were just operating from, like, a giant, like, warehouse. So, so like, who knows? So, actually, um, on the Wiki- Wikipedia page, it doesn't have all the information from this episode, but it has a character called Louise who is a human from Earth who works for a private aerospace company um, uh-huh. and actually has been exposed to Terrigen, so she has some sort of powers. So that's actually going to tie into the story later on. We just don't know how yet. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know if that necessarily will happen of bringing S.H.I.E.L.D. in very visually, but hoping for it a little bit. But I think the one thing that you would probably agree with me that you want to see that is probably one of the most kind of intimidating and badass things you can see on a comic book panel, especially like a full spread, is seeing Black Bolt really let loose and destroy something massive. Mm -hmm. Like, seeing his powers on the scale that they actually are is really amazing. Even though I've never read any of the any of the big inhuman stories i've seen those pages and i've seen what he can do he can take out some of the biggest baddest uh, bad guys in the galaxy so i just need to see him open up and not just like tear down like some sort of warehouse that the that the production found and just decided to blow up i want to see him like take off take out like a city or something i need to see like them really save up some of their budget and just really like i need him to physically make a mark on earth like that's huge like a crater so i'm hoping we get to see something like that to really show how badass he can be and i think that'd be a cool thing maybe to see in the season finale yeah i definitely do i think like we did see him kill his parents uh kind of off screen a little bit which was kind of brutal if i was gonna be honest like (laughs) that was that was that would give you uh traumatizing he said uh, why and they're just splat dead gone (laughs) um but uh i definitely think i do want to see him think i do want to see him maybe finally get the suit um the face covering like i want to see them get him him get a suit Specifically because everyone else kind of has their comic book suits. Yeah, and I hope that weird bandana he was wearing during that ceremony wasn't an homage to some sort of mask because that thing was weird looking. There, he looked there, like he was trying to be a Naruto cosplayer. The The latest Inhuman series has him um, running a bar called The Quiet Room, which is like a neutral, like a neutral ground for villains and, and heroes and stuff like that. Um, and he, he wears that. He doesn't wear the mask. He wears that as like a like a suit and tie kind of thing. So it's like a th- like it's like the Oran character. It's a throwaway to something recent, but it has no uh-huh. meaning. So they gotta. Eh, I want to see the suit. I, I'm gonna be honest. I want to see the suit. I also want to yeah. see 
some of the acting pick up a little bit if i was to be honest um mm-hmm. a lot of it again you you i felt it when he was yelling the word triton <laughs> and so hard and then that rn character i really hope it gets better because these were both directed by the same character uh, or the same uh, not character same director mm-hmm. so the next ones i think the next few each have their own uh, directors so maybe we could see a little bit more out of them uh, from the director so uh, knock on wood series debuts <laughs> September 29th on TV. Uh, really excited to watch it and kind of finish it and maybe maybe end with something good, uh, something better. The the parts are better than the individual things, but I still had a good time. So I, yeah. I've got to be honest. So honestly, surprised if you guys are, are a subscriber to the show, you know I've been like kind of like poking at Chris the last like <laughs> couple of months, just like get ready, get ready. I don't think you're ready for what you're about to see. So pleasantly surprised. So who knows? Maybe we- my lower lowered expectations helped me out a little bit more than others, but. I, 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 it's eight, eight, it's eight episodes. Uh, even if, even if you didn't like it, I think there's still a less time investment than Scott Buck's last year. I was going to say, do you, do you hold this higher than, uh, Iron Fist? Oh yeah. The Iron, I can't, I can't forgive what Iron Fist did. Okay. I just want to <laughs> Especially make sure. on like their, on their budget and the pedigree over there at Netflix. I, I'm not going to let it. I'm, cool. I still won't let that slide. There's more, there's I'm, more leeway to broadcast television. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it. So if anybody else happened to, to get out there and see it, uh, write us your reviews. I want to know what you guys thought. Uh, good, yeah, bad, ugly, know. whatever you think. Tell us, please. Um, and I guess that, that's it for the show. Mike, anything else you want to add in there on, on the Inhumans? Uh, no, I'm surprised and I'm kind of looking forward to episode three, man. Yes. Big win on this <laughs> side. I, I feel successful. So, um, great. Mike, if people want to know more about what you're doing, what you're up to, where can they follow you at? Well, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, you've been a very busy man. You're up to a lot of things. You're going to be doing some cool things to that brand new house you just moved into. Mm-hmm. So if people want to follow you, where can they follow that? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Uh, thank you for people who voted to help me pick my office color where I'm recording this podcast right now. It's a nice right. shade of gray. Just one shade, not 50, though. Uh, you want it to feel like Adeland. Yeah, I do. Nice and boring. Uh, <laughs> and concrete. But, no, I'll be there. Um, I'll post some pictures and stuff. I have all my pop vinyls. I bought all the Inhuman pop vinyls that are out. I will be posting those shortly this week as I dig them back out of their boxes. So, look forward to that. You can read my stuff on comicui.com. You can listen to my other show, Filmside Chats. Or you can check me out on the DNN on YouTube for other videos I do. So... Got that going for us. Mike, people may be listening to their first Superhero Slate review. Where else can they find us at? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you're listening to our normal news segments, uh, we're going to talk about lots of cool stuff. We talk a lot about a lot of images, trailers, you know, leaked photos, stuff like that. You can get all of that on our show notes. A uh, really great way to keep up on the, the news every week. So you can find us there at SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. You can subscribe and get us right in your email inbox every week. And you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you want to pick up some merch, you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. 
And if you want to be a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. That's super awesome. We really love that. And if you're a super fan of the show, all you got to do is just share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week. And Chris, I don't know about you, but I think we should uh, check back in on this show in uh, in about, uh, it's, well, it's more than eight weeks, but at that yeah. eight episode mark, I'd like to talk about it as a whole series. Well, I'll, I'm, I'm definitely down for that. So yeah, in about, I guess, 16 weeks, not 16, 12, 12 weeks, three months, three months away. <laughs> Uh, I guess our next review uh, you guys can look forward to, um, we've actually planned before this was kind of a surprise on what it will be Kingsman. Uh, That's right. The Golden Circle. So that'll be uh, in September. It is September. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> so well, later this month, we'll be doing that. So, uh, yeah, we'll be looking forward to that. So I guess we'll see you guys then. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. In the middle of the trailer, like it's like some sort of... Geostorm. And I look over <laughs> the gun, I'm like, I bet that's the title of the movie.